Welcome to Inside New Mexico. I'm Derek Underhill, and I'm talking with the chairman of our Republican Party of New Mexico, former congressman of the 2nd Congressional District of New Mexico, Steve Pierce. Steve, how are you doing this week? I'm doing really well. Set for our big winter meeting for RNC. It's the Republican National Committee. It's a meeting out in Salt Lake. So we'll be making a lot of decisions there where the next presidential convention will actually be. So a lot of good things to be decided in the next week. Now, this is something that I knew was going to happen, and it affects me, especially owning radio stations, and it'll affect every citizen in the state, and we talked about it. And PNM now apparently says that we can expect rolling blackouts because of this green deal that we're doing in New Mexico. Give us the details. Sure. We talked about it a couple of months ago, and it was then speculation. But now then, in an article in the Santa Fe New Mexican, the writer Rick Ruggles talks to PNM Vice President Tom Fogren. He's the Vice President for Energy Development. And in that, Mr. Fogren just says that the plan for next July, August, He says they're deeply concerned, and the plan includes rolling outages. That means blackouts are going to come to you and I for two or three hours a day minimum. If it gets really hot, then the blackouts could be longer because they don't have enough power to power all the homes. They don't have enough electricity to power all the homes. Now, keep in mind that they're shutting down that large coal-fired generation plant out in western New Mexico. That's as a result of the regulations here in New Mexico, a result of the approach by the leader of PNM, and now they're saying we don't have enough electricity. That's what happens when you shut off sources. He makes one more comment in the article that I think is very telling. He said, well, we thought we could use natural gas, but the PRC wouldn't let us. So the natural gas is here. It's produced by New Mexico workers. It brings revenue to the state, and yet our regulatory agency, the PRC, is saying they can't use that fuel to keep those rolling blackouts from occurring. This is bad policy coming from Democrats and progressives. You want to see a change in the way people vote. Turn off their air conditioners in July and August and have an election in November and see what happens. So, And there's absolutely no excuse for this because you know what? I have a generator here to keep the radio station going. You know what it runs on? Gasoline. Yes, gasoline. (laughs) And so the governor has proposed an even broader Green New Deal. She passed one already that says we got to get rid of oil and gas, I think, by 2035. I'm sorry, we don't drive wind cars and we don't drive solar cars. You can't have electricity. 50% of the electricity comes from coal, another 20% from natural gas, another 20% from the nuclear So you'd only be able to power your car maybe 10 or 12 percent of the time if they get rid of all the fossil fuels. It's a plan that is going to make people extremely angry. There's going to be suffering. Like you said, being without an air conditioner in July and August in New Mexico, that's going to get a lot of people's attention. Forget the jobs that are going to be lost. Forget about the manufacturing that will move to other states where they can find ample power. This is a catastrophe that's unfolding because of the Democrats in charge. This is very interesting, especially coming from the New York Times to actually say this. But, uh, you know, Republicans are always accused of being rich people and not caring about anything. And where did the money come from in the last election? The dark money to defeat Trump came from? From Democrats. And the New York Times has affirmed that. They've done a deep analysis and they realized that Democrats spent far more dark money than Donald Trump did. Of course, their money was going to win a majority in the House and the Senate and uh, win the presidency. 
but they don't talk about that much. And so having the New York Times come out and affirm it that they spent $1.5 billion of dark money to defeat Trump and win the Congress, and no one ever even talks about it. The national media somehow looks the other way. But when you have that much dark money, then eventually bad things are going to occur. And that's definitely what happened in the last election. Uh, You have money sliding under the table here or there. Nobody knows where it came from. They don't know who's responsible for spending it. And so it's not positive for the country. But the Democrats definitely write the big checks. They've got the rich. The super rich are Democrats. That's George Soros, Tom Steyer, the Facebook guy, Zuckerberg, Microsoft, Bill Gates. They're the big money people, and they're wholeheartedly on the side of socialism, progressivism, and the Democrat Party, all three being the same now. In Donald Trump's rally in Texas last weekend, he mentioned that if the mainstream media, the press, would do their job, we wouldn't be having so many of the problems that we're having. And I have to say, this coming out in the New York Times, maybe this is a sign that they are starting to do their job. Well, you get other signs that they're starting to do their jobs. They're taking greater and greater shots at President Biden. Uh, They realize that a lot of what he's doing doesn't make sense, and they realize the total failure that's involved. They're losing their own credibility as journalists when they don't bring this up, and so they've really got no choice. He's making so many mistakes. His poll numbers are so low that even the mainstream media now is taking him on. They're also not giving Kamala a pass. They recognize that her low poll numbers have to be reflected in their stories, too, and so they can't just come out and coddle her either. Maybe the media is beginning to, uh, I never think they'll take Republicans and treat them fairly, but maybe they're going to be fairly analyzing the damage that the Democrats are doing to the country right now. I understand President Biden gets to pick a Supreme Court justice. Tell us what happened there. Well, Stephen Breyer, the liberal justice, has been on the court, I think, for 30 years. He evidently had a discussion behind the scenes with the Biden administration, just give them a heads up. Then somebody in Biden's office leaked out, and and, and it looks like they were forcing Breyer to make his announcement now. He didn't make much comment, which indicated that, that he wasn't really pleased with the way this all came down. But then he realized he was in a little bit of a corner, and it's the same corner that Hillary Clinton used on Barack Obama to become Secretary of State. She kept pushing out information like he had already chosen her. He actually didn't want to choose her at all, but she got positioned in the mind of the Democrat Party nationwide, and he ends up having to use her. She did catastrophic things as Secretary of State. President Biden is going to have the opportunity to put a real judicial activist on the board. That shouldn't be what the Supreme Court is about. It should be about interpreting the laws. And so we'll see how that unfolds. But the Democrats don't have many votes to spare. They've only got 50 votes and then the one tie-breaking vote. If they lose just one vote, then they can't confirm their candidate. So that's going to force them to be a little careful with putting people in there who have a radical past. And he's got a lot of judges that he could possibly use that have a very radical past. Stay tuned in our second segment. Jim Townsend, the minority leader of the Republicans in the House of Representatives in Santa Fe, is with us. It's always fascinating to get the inside story of what's going on. Stay tuned for him in that next segment. National Guard and Reserve members are true leaders, both in the military and in the workplace. They are highly skilled and get the job done every day. Employer support of the Guard and Reserve, ESGR, 
can help you recruit top-notch service members to your workforce. Hiring Guard and Reserve members is good for your business and good for your community. Visit esgr.mil slash employers to learn more. Thanks for staying with me on Inside New Mexico. With me on the telephone is Jim Townsend, the minority leader of the New Mexico House of Representatives. How you doing, sir? I'm great. How are you today? Well, we're doing okay and looking forward to a successful legislative session. And I understand you have a school choice bill. Tell us about it. You bet. It's HJR, House Joint Resolution 11. And HJR 11 is... I think what New Mexico needs in that it allows parents the right to choose where their children goes to school. But more importantly, and probably more definitively, it allows the funding for that child to follow that child. So if that child, if if those parents want their child to go to a school down the street, across town, if it's a private school, if it's a charter school, they don't have to pay another tuition for that child to go to that school of their choice. It has really been troubling to me that I believe sincerely that every child deserves every opportunity. And just because a parent's income level may be to where they can afford another tuition is not a good reason for me to trap all of those other children in a failing system. And so HJR 11 is a bill that will put that on the ballot to the voters, and the voters will have the opportunity to vote and to say, cast a vote of whether they believe school choice is a parent's prerogative. And, you know, our education system, unfortunately, has ranked dead last or near the bottom for a long time. And this isn't a Republican or a Democrat bill. This is a bill for the kids of New Mexico without regard to their parents' political affiliation. Kids in school, most of them, don't know and, quite frankly, probably don't give a flip what party their parents belong to. And this bill is about helping all children across New Mexico without regard to any of that and giving each and every one of them the same opportunities. You know, I think it would be so empowering for a parent who can't afford another tuition but honestly believes that the school that their child is going to is not meeting their needs, and they want to be able to do something for their child, but they can't afford it. I mean, that's just wrong. So HJR 11 is a bill that will allow all parents to put their child in whatever school they want to, and it will allow that funding to follow that child so that parent doesn't have to pay another tuition. That's... uh... Interesting, Jim. I'm curious what the teachers' unions think of that bill. You know, I've had a little pushback from teachers' unions, but I've also had some that understand. The fact is competition raises the bar for most all of us, whether you're in business like yourself or as I was, or we have a football team or a baseball team. When those are challenged competitively, You raise the bar for all of them. So my bill is not throwing rocks at anybody. I'm sick and tired of looking at some statistic that says we have the worst education system in New Mexico. I do not for one second believe we have the worst teachers. I don't think we have the worst administrators. And I sure as heck don't believe we have the worst kids. 
What I think we have is a system that has failed miserably. And like I said, this isn't an MLG problem. Susanna, the Republican governor, Governor Martinez, had the exact same problems. It failed under her as well. Susanna had a PED secretary that was never confirmed by the Senate. In MLG's case, I think we're on our third PED secretary. That's the this Public system. Education Department for our listeners that, That's that right. don't know. Yeah. And what we really need to do is we need a system that allows more input from the parents. Parents need to be involved. They have every right to be involved. It's their children. They know what their child needs. They know what they have the capacity to help them with. And so I'm just trying to help all kids in New Mexico have better futures and better opportunities. I'm curious if you're getting some bipartisan support for this, because this would also allow me to send my kids to, say, St. Pius or St. Teresa. There you go. I am getting a little bipartisan support. I'm getting a ton of bipartisan support from voters. This idea has been polled Oh, two or three times over the last several years, Americans for Prosperity polled. Paul Gessing, I believe, was another organization that polled this. And overwhelmingly, like 70 to 75 percent of both polls are saying the same thing, that this is the right thing to do. And we're polling again right now to ensure that what we're doing is right. So we want parents involved. We want them to speak up and their voices be heard. And so we're doing that again. And I would hope that if we have three polls over five years and every one of them show the same thing, that the legislative body will look at it and say, you know, we've been last too long. Let's try this and try to fix it. This idea is not something I dreamed up. I went out and looked at school systems across the United States, and several of the school systems in our area, in adjoining states, are trying the same thing. It only makes sense to let parents involved in the process. If there was anything good that came out of COVID, if there was anything that came good out of it, and I hate COVID, but Mm -hmm. if there was anything good that came out of it, it was the fact that parents got to watch what their kids were struggling with. They watched the failure of the virtual school. They saw the curriculum that they were learning from, and there were a lot of pushback. So let's let parents get involved. Let all children have the same opportunity. And I think we can turn this education system around. We have great kids, a great state, great teacher, great administrators. Let's give them the tools that they need to work with in order to perform. As we go through this legislative session, the first thing get done is the budget. And I'm hearing that we might have a relief for our seniors for Social Security. You think that's going to get through this time? Well, I was sure hopeful of it. I mean, the Republican Gail Armstrong and Catherine Brown have carried that for a number of years, and it's always failed. I was delighted when I heard the governor in her taped speech to the legislature on opening day say she was in favor of it. But I was appalled when it got killed in the first committee. So I don't know for sure what's going to happen. I don't know if that was a sound bite or they really meant it. It helps all seniors, regardless, again, of political affiliation. It helps every one of them. And it will be something that will put more disposable income in their pockets. They'll spend more at the stores. There'll be more gross receipts collected because of their spending capacity. And it will be something that will raise their quality of life. I mean, what we're seeing now in the legislature are bills that are going to increase gasoline tax. There's a bill out there, they call it the clean fuel standard. And it's an effort to bring New Mexico in line with 
California type fuel standards, and it's estimated that it's going to raise the cost of fuel for every one of us about 25 to 50 cents a gallon. Wow. And that's just not good for New Mexico. I mean, parents all over the state are seeing higher prices at the grocery store. I mean, my goodness, we've all seen uh, gasoline prices go up over a dollar, and uh, I don't think we can afford another 25 or 50 cents on gasoline prices. And certainly those seniors who are on fixed income or those that are low-income families, it's just not a good thing for them. It's going to destroy their standard of living. Jim, thank you. Jim Townsend, Minority Leader of the House of Representatives here in New Mexico. Nancy Pelosi says she's going to run for another term in the U.S. House. Steve Pierce and I will be back to talk about that and more next on Inside New Mexico. Attention, New Mexico veterans. If you were honorably discharged from the U.S. Armed Forces, you've earned state and federal benefits, and the New Mexico Department of Veterans Services is standing by to assist you. State benefits include a veteran's property tax exemption, education and training, and transportation services. We can also assist with claims for federal VA benefits. The state of New Mexico and this radio station thank you for your service. More information at nmveterans.org or 1-866-433-8387. Welcome back to Inside New Mexico. I'm talking with the chairman of our Republican Party, Steve Pierce. Steve, I see where Nancy Pelosi has announced she will be running for another term. Yeah, you remember the uh, whole discussion on whether or not she would be speaker. She had enough votes, but she needed to quell the extreme left in her party. That's AOC and the rest of the gang. So she said, well, maybe if I get speaker, then this will be the only term I serve, and then you all can have it next time. Well, when she announces for re-election, that doesn't mean she's going to go quietly to the back of the bench. Number one, the Democrats could lose control of Congress and she, she becomes in the minority. But number two, she's got to fight that fight in her caucus again. You always have people say, hey, you told us last time that you weren't going to do this again. So she'll lose some support there. But it'll be a real fight if they maintain the majority and if she is, in fact, running for speaker again. You mentioned migrants coming across the southern border and ending up in other parts of the country. So tell us what's happening there. Well, there's a video that was leaked out by, I think, some of the people that are on these federal contracts. But it showed that the federal government is contracting with the private carriers in the airplane market. They're chartering 737s, 747s, whatever kind of airplanes that a company might have. And in the darkness of night, under the secrecy of darkness, then they're flying these people coming across the border illegally and distributing them around the country. So that video showed this flight going from southern uh, part of the, the country on the border to suburban New York. Westchester, New York is where it actually landed, uh, just right outside the city. And they're saying this is people either with the carrier or maybe even in the border patrol who are saying, you, the American people, are being defrauded. You're being told this is not occurring, but this is a flight where it's occurring. And then they leaked that video. So good for them. I think keeping the truth in front of the American people will, uh, again, cause them to start voting other than for progressives. Breitbart talking about what's really going on out there. Voting rules invalid. Uh, tell us about it. Yeah, the, uh, the courts have been invalidating many of the laws and the rules that were used to elect Joe Biden in 2020. 
So the latest one was in Pennsylvania, and an appellant court there said that the no-excuse mail-in ballots were unconstitutional. And yet that's one of the things that Joe Biden rode to victory. Remember, Pennsylvania was very close. Trump was ahead by a couple of million votes. Then they started bringing in all these ballots that nobody knew where they were coming from. That was those no-excuse vote-by-mail ballots that somebody had gone out and harvested. So that was the latest. But uh, earlier in January of this year, in Wisconsin, the judges said that the drop boxes that were used, again, you could just go up and drop off any number of ballots you wanted to. You didn't have to verify anything. You just put them in these drop boxes. And so the Wisconsin court says, no, those are, are not lawful at all. And so it's interesting to watch the kind of loopholes that Biden rode to victory being closed up one at a time. And these are not necessarily Republican states. Wisconsin, uh, you'd have trouble declaring it to be a, a Republican state and the same on Pennsylvania. And so I think that the next election is going to have more voter discipline. It's going to have more ballot security. It's going to be easier to vote and harder to cheat. And that's what Republicans are all about. The RNC, Republican National Committee, is doing a very good job of opening up community centers around the country, encouraging people that have never considered Republican values before. So tell us what that's all about. Well, uh, Ronna McDaniel is the chair of the RNC, and she's doing a superb job. So they're totally on offense. They've opened up more than 20 community centers, is what they're called. They're all in areas of high minority populations, either the black population, Hispanic population. In the case that's just opening up this week, it is in Native American country in North Carolina. The Lumbee tribe there is 55,000 people. They're not formally recognized, but they all identify together. And so that community center is going into the heart of the blue area of North Carolina. Again, North Carolina being one of the purple states, it can go Republican, it can go Democrat. But I think that Ronna McDaniel and the RNC, they're playing a very smart game saying, look, we want to be right here among you because we think when you see Republicans up close, you realize you agree with our values, not their values. Our values are faith, family, freedom, service, and the free market. The other side is about abortion. It's about controlling your guns. It's about tyranny over the COVID situation, shutting down the jobs. It's about more control of your life by the government, just like we talked about PNM and the rolling blackouts. That's because Democrats in charge of the PRC are saying you can't use the fossil fuels that are here in the state, the natural gas that's been here for eons, and suddenly we can't use it. And so the differences are causing people to say, wait, I, I do agree with you more. I do want to work, and I want to work and make my way up the economic ladder. I don't need any handouts. So the Republican Party nationally is, is playing a very smart game, and the Democrats know it. In the last election in Virginia, 55% of the Hispanic vote went for Republicans, and it caused that swing of that Virginia governor's seat. The 44% that were for Democrats, usually that would have been reversed, probably would have been 60-40 in favor of Democrats. But we're seeing that heavy shift of people saying, I agree with Republican values more than the progressive Democrats. Getting things like this done and the lawsuit that you filed for the redistricting, that takes money for you to do that. Where does that money come from? That comes from individuals. And again, the other side has all the money in the world. During the last election, Zuckerberg, Facebook guy, 
he gave 440 something million dollars to local county clerks in order to implement certain things that were favorable to the Democrats and to Joe Biden. There's no Republican giving 440 million dollars toward anything. And so the rich people are wanting more government control because they are able then to squeeze more money out of the government. The people like Elon Musk, people like John Kerry, they have gotten a lot of benefit from being in power and it's personal benefit. And so that's their game is that they don't mind losing a little bit up front. They know they'll get it on the backside. So if our listeners work at fast food or maybe at a grocery store, can they donate five bucks if they've got it? Is that okay? Can you uh, ten ten dollars? Yeah, so your average uh, everyday person, that's where we get a lot of our money from. We get money from the small donors. The other side, again, is the big donors. But $5 means a lot. We have people commit to our 12 by 12 program. That's $12 a month, 12 months out of the year. It's $144 for a year. Most people can fit that into their budget. But when we get 5,000, 6,000, 8,000 people doing that, it's a revenue enhancement for the party. Yes, people can go to our webpage and contribute. You can just write a check to RPNM of New Mexico. You can get our address off the internet and just send it in and know that uh, every dollar you send is appreciated, but it's also spent wisely. We don't waste money at the party. We have a very small staff, and we do a lot on social media. It's pretty well free of a charge, but people are paying attention to what we're doing, and it's working pretty well. You know, one last closing note, the trucker caravans, the truckers against tyranny, that now is into 12 different nations, Canada being the last one to sign on. And so if you're a trucker somewhere around the world, you want to jump in on the truckers against tyranny, join the group and know that if we stop things going to the market, that we will get people's attention. So they're speaking out against the corporation, the big corporate giants that are saying, you got to be vaccinated, you can't work for us. A lot of people are just choosing against the vaccination. They're not anti-vaxxers. They're just saying, wait, this thing hasn't been tested. It hasn't been proved. We got no research on it. And we're not going to be the guinea pigs for it. So more people speaking up nationwide and worldwide against the tyranny of the government and the mask mandates and the vaccine mandates. Thank you, Steve Pierce, chairman of our Republican Party of New Mexico. If you've been listening to us and would like to maybe donate some money to the party or maybe just donate some time, get in touch with the Republican Party of New Mexico. Check out the website at newmexico.gop. The party has a Facebook page and a Twitter account. The handle is at New New Mexico GOP. If you would like to talk to someone in person, call party headquarters at 505-298-3662. That's 505-298-3662. For Steve Pierce, I'm Derek Underhill. We look forward to meeting with you again next week right here on Inside New Mexico.